What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 291. On this episode, I'm joined by CJ Jones. Talk about the Patreon, merch shop, COVID, sex, transracial issues, technology, music, and a bunch of other shit. Probably a lot of it offensive. Uh, thanks for checking us out. What up? Uh, first thing I got to get to is our Patreon. Patreon.com slash a podcast mo. You go there, you give a dollar more a month, and you get early access to the podcast. And then you get this feeling inside every month. You're like, God damn it, I really just give them a dollar. And uh, you're like, I guess I did, but it's only a dollar. And then you get early access to the podcast. It's a pretty good relationship. And uh, if you give enough, like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, Marshall the Dharma Initiative Bear, it's your boy H2.com and Graveyard Entertainment, you'll get shout out like that every week. So then when you listen, you'll be like, oh, fuck, yeah, that was me. I'm badass. And then uh, you could maybe show it to friends and be like, listen for who they shout out at the front. You know, it's pretty fucking cool. So just think about it. Um, also, we have a merch shop. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast with Mo. Just your old basic uh, t-shirts with a logo on it. Nothing fancy there. Just some some kick-ass shit. All right. This week, call in uh, the homie CJ Jones. Originally, I was supposed to call someone else uh, who hit me up and act like they were going to, you know, there's going to be a new person. But this is the difficulty with new people. Some people fall through. So uh, anyway, CJ's the homie. He was, uh, I think he's in quarantine right now, actually. So he had all the time in the world. And uh, we'll give him a call. Am I coming through all right on your end? Uh, yeah, sounds good. All right, cool. It's loud enough. Um, so I gave a little intro of I think you were in quarantine from what I've read. So how's that going? Uh, not bad. It's nice being in quarantine when I'm not the one that's sick. So I'm just basically enjoying time off work and feeling fine. It's awesome. Right. And so is your wife actually sick or is it she just test positive? Yeah, she tested positive. She had like a fever for one day. And other than that, she's just been kind of exhausted. Her back's been sore, weirdly enough. But now, like, you can't really tell she's sick at all. She seems like she's fine, other than just some slight back pain. And she's lost taste, smell, all that weird stuff. Right. And I said we should get in the COVID talk. Uh, I talked a little bit about it on Twitter with Soko the other day, but like my take on COVID is it's a real thing. You know, I know there's people that think it's like completely made up, but I think it's obvious that it's a thing that's happening to people. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like the, I've done this report in high school. We had to do this 12 page essay over the influenza epidemic of the 1920s. So I had some just random information in my brain about it. And I do know at that time, it killed a bunch of people, you know, like it just wiped through so the same strain that we get now, or even a less severe strain of the flu, you know, it, it was just destroying people. But like we did over time, you know, it's a thing where just sometimes you get the flu. So I just think eventually it's going to be COVID just going to be another sickness with the flu and with strep throat and with whatever else. Uh, I mean, it seems like that's what's going on. Yeah, it definitely doesn't show any signs of being eliminated like everyone thought would be the case. Right. I remember when it first happened, everyone was kind of planning for like a three to four month period where it was just going to be bad and then life would get back to normal. And here we are, like, however long later, over a year later, year and a half, whatever it's even been. It's like, okay, obviously, this is not something that's going away on its own over time. Right. Well, I mean, I hate to seem like I'm cold about it, but I am coming to a point like I just. Do you let some people just die because sickness has happened? And this is kind of what happens to animal populations and humans alike where, uh, you know, sickness yeah. can come through. And this this does. Ha- I mean, it's it sucks. It happens, but it does. And I don't know if our reaction of like shutting down everything is a good idea, not because it isn't a good idea, but because the people wanting your money for bills, they're not stopping. So, like, they're only yeah. shutting it down for like. This this section that we're in of Americans, you know, and other people in the world, like you still have to beg your bills. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's just all yeah. bullshit and how people get online. They argue about it like without acknowledging these sort of things like, dude, someone's about to starve to death. They don't care about covid. Like, how could you not see that? But like there are a group of people that just can't see that aspect. 
I know. I feel like as Americans or just even more developed countries, even in Europe and stuff, it's so hard to acknowledge that there are people out there struggling every day. It's like when we experience a little bit of struggle, the whole world has to stop and acknowledge that struggle. But meanwhile, there's places where struggle is the only thing they know. And it's one of those weird things for us to complain. Like even my wife is mild as her symptoms are like losing taste and smell. There's some people out there who would think that's the worst thing in the world. Like, Oh my God, I can't taste. I can't smell. It's like, yeah, but like some people don't have meals. So right. It's just a very modern world problem to be experiencing. Obviously COVID has gotten worse for a lot of other people. Like lots of people have died and pretty much everyone experiences a different form of the sickness. It seems like whenever they get it, the symptoms vary so widely, but for the people who do have an easy time with it, it's really hard to keep in perspective that, Hey, the rest of the world is going through some shit. Like this is not the worst thing in the world. Right. Well, or just like, not even talking about COVID, just like in African countries where they don't have running water, right? And then like these people go and yeah. they build these wells and like changes their fucking life, right? And you see these stories and you're like, I'm a fucking idiot and I complain about stupid ass shit, right? And now we have people now writing articles and they're like, third world countries aren't getting enough vaccines. And it's like, dude, they don't even have water. Like, yeah, I'm not saying it's not important, but like they have other <laughs> issues too, yeah. you know? But like, there's tribes that are like missing limbs because their only water source is the crocodile infested river right so, so like it is i don't weird. think they're sitting around like oh where's the government shipping us our vaccines we need those like no give us a well so we don't have to lose our legs trying to fill up our water sure yeah I, and that somewhere around me they apparently found a new um like a tribe you know like in the amazon that, that no one had ever discovered before and it's just like one guy left or maybe just a few of them, but the goal is that no one's going to make communication. They're just going to let them die because they don't want to lie. You know, because the, like to me, I'd be like, ah, you yeah, got to learn everything you can. Shock his world. Yeah. But yeah, but people are like, well, yeah, we can't do that. So we just got to let him live. Like we don't know he's there. I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I w- I'm too curious. Dude, that's, that, that's a weird ethical debate because on one hand, it's like, yeah, that's all he's ever known. So maybe it would be better for him. But then on the other hand, it almost feels like some Hunger Games situation where we're just watching this guy. The whole world knows he exists, but he thinks he's the last man on earth. Right. Speak- so it's like, which is better to let him die thinking that or to just be like, hey, man, uh, we can help you if you need. By the way, there's an earth out here. Right. Well, and honestly, a lot of these tribes, because uh, I know they look at it for all these like anti-aging stuff. Uh, a lot of these tribes in South America, the people live forever and they don't die of diseases like we do, you know, and it's like they live these very simplistic lives. And it's just so opposite of like we typically think of back when people live like that, they died at 35, you know, and that's kind of our general yeah. knowledge. But like these tribes, they've kind of found they're like, no, no, there's people that are healthier than any American and they don't look at, you know, they don't know, but they live forever. <laughs> yeah. I almost feel like people died so young at the start of civilizations. Like whenever there was suddenly thousands of people living together, but no sanitation, like people shitting in the streets and right. whatever, you know, like in the middle ages, people just lived disgusting lifestyles. So like, it's no surprise they were dying of diseases and stuff. Whereas in these tribes, I feel like they're a lot more aware of their surroundings and well, they're usually in smaller numbers. It's probably a lot easier to manage in a weird way. And I don't know enough about like germ theory and I'm no scientist. So I'm probably speaking on my ass, but like you do look kind of like the more white countries, you know, of the dark ages. They do go through this, like throwing shit in the streets and getting, you know, all this sickness and, and the industrial revolution, yeah. you know, all that stuff you can think of for white countries. And then they come over to the Americas and they div- they give all the sicknesses to these people who like were living so clean that they didn't have. Yeah, they were doing just fine. Like they were bathing every day. Like I've, I have this book that talks about like things they didn't teach you in school, you know, that they should have. But like how white people, when they settled America, were like they never bathed because they were so scared of nudity. Right. Like of being uh, naked in front of God. And so they <laughs> got about right. They got sick and diseases. Right. And then the natives, they had like weekly bathing regimens, you know, like that was a big deal to them. And so it's like in hindsight, we think of them as like, oh, the savages of the Native Americans. So it's like, no, no. In certain aspects, sure, they didn't have brick mortar houses, but like they had other yeah. things way more civilized than the people that were coming in. So, yeah, I feel like. Whichever side you were on by default, you were automatically going to look at the opposing side as the lesser than. Yeah, 
I mean, and I can even think of that because I'm just thinking of Native Americans and like my grandfather, um, he's on my step grandfather. So I don't think I'm really Native American who I'm could be who the fuck knows. But uh, he's like a quarter or something. Right. But he doesn't have a card. And in his mind, his people were too proud and they weren't going to take that free shit from the white man. Right. That's how he tells the story. But then my best friend, Powell, he has a card. And the way his family tells the story is we took that mark who and other people were ashamed to get it. And that's how we're on the rolls, you know, and like so to them, it's ex- yeah, they're they're both what, you know, descendants of Native America, but they view it differently depending on what their family told them throughout the years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All about perspective. Exactly. Exactly. Um, speaking of perspective stuff, so this will be a little off topic, uh, but I brought up in the last podcast with Snappy and he doesn't listen to rap music. So um, the baby situation, I think is fairly interesting because like, Oh, super. This is funny that you bring this up. Yeah. And, uh, so people don't know. I don't remember the exact quote, but more or less the baby was on like Lollapalooza or some fucking festival. I don't remember where it was. And uh, he said something um, saying how his fans aren't the nasty gays that have AIDS, more or less something like that. And uh, I think it's all, 50 cents said a few weeks ago. He was taking the baby underneath his wing and it was going to teach him how to, you know, change the game and all that. And I just think this is some shit 50 cents orchestrated because like no one has stopped talking about this dude for since <laughs> it happened. Oh yeah. And it's so funny because I did a deep dive on this. Like I've listened to some of his music off and on, not a huge fan for the most part. I feel like he raps off beat. He's got a good sounding voice and it's catchy, but a lot of that is due to the production. Right. But for the most, like, I feel like he raps off beat most of the time. He's not like a skillful rapper at times. Well, to me, he just uses the same voice delivery and flow every song. And I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm like, okay, I've heard this before. That's how I always feel when I but, uh, Some of his lyrics, like he straight up talks about shooting and killing this dude in front of his daughter. And I looked into the story, just like, is this bullshit? Or like, I guess this shit really happened. Him and his family were in a Walmart back in 2018. Some dude came up trying to rob him and he just shot and murdered the guy in front of his family. Like his two-year-old daughter was there, just killed the dude right in front of her. I don't know if it's murder. Charges ended up charges ended up getting dropped since it was like a robbery attempt or whatever. He was like in self-defense. Right. But yeah, he's just rapping about that in his music. People are all fine with that. But then he says something homophobic and he's suddenly canceled. Right. Like you had no problem with him glorifying the fact that he killed a dude and rapping about that in multiple songs. He's got a number of verses where he brings that up. And like, it's just so funny when people suddenly try to act like they have ethics and some moral high ground, like, Oh, well, this is enough is enough. We need to get rid of the baby. It's like, what has he said positive that made you support him before this? Like, why is now the tipping point? In in general, I, I, I try not to like, um, I'm trying to think of the right wording here. I don't try to like um, cape up for any cause in general, because I know I can't keep it up throughout my life. Right. So like, I'm not going to cancel yeah. someone over saying some homophobic. Cause I can't guarantee that something else I won't cancel would also like make me a hypocrite, you know, like, and I care about that. Exactly. Sort of stuff. And so, you know, like people buy, you know, technology that's made in China with slave labor where they're like have fucking concentration camps currently. And, you know, and they're definitely not for homosexuality in most of these countries. And yet we just turn a blind out of that. But then like this one performer entertainer is probably drunk and high on stage. I mean, yeah, he totally shouldn't have said it. it was fucking stupid. Like when you watch the video, you're like, what the fuck? It's one of those, yeah, those what videos. are you doing, dude? Yeah, stop. <laughs> but like, uh, it is strange like where we start. Like, that's it right there. We're canceling, you know, or whatever. And it's all political. And I know it's so weird, but like the fact that politics has come into rap music is crazy to me. I'm not saying it's bad, I guess, oh, yeah. but it's different. And I know someone's going to say public enemy. It was always in there. But y'all know what I mean. Like. You're being a liberal or conservative or like, hey, what do you think about this political issue was not a fucking thing people used to talk about in hip hop. No, and homophobia and rap music is not a new thing. Like, I don't know why people are suddenly thinking rappers are some moral figures that are role models. That's never been the case ever. Right. Or any musical artist. I mean, it's very, yeah, it's a very rare musical artist that's like, hey, they live their life in a way we should all emulate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like drug addicted demons, just lots of mental struggle. Like most musicians are kind of train wrecks internally. 
for the most part. Like it's very hard to get good at music if you don't have some weird shit going on in your head. So to think that musicians are these people out here living great lives, like no, they're all on acid, they're overdosing, they're like <laughs> I just don't get it. It's and to me, I think I've seen this too many times on trying still, but people are like, instead of canceling, you should educate, you know, and I kind of in general agree with that. Um, you know, like I don't necessarily I don't know. I guess I'm trying to think of anyone that's been canceled that I'm like, kind of like, you know, I don't think they should have been canceled. Like, I guess I kind of defend Louis C.K. a lot, you know, whenever that comes up. I'm like, listen, all right. He yeah. asked these women, God damn it. And Sarah Silverman's on record yeah, saying, it, he, she said yes many a time. Whether it was weird or not, whether it was weird or not is an entirely different subject. You can't cancel someone just because they're awkward and weird. And to my knowledge, he didn't. There were no victims in that necessarily. Like people saw some shit that they maybe didn't care to see. But at the end of the day, I think those scars are going to heal. Like, it's not like he forced himself on anyone aggressively. He just was kind of a weird dude doing weird things, which, like I said, whether it's weird or not is a whole different debate. But whether he's a predator, I there's a lot of. I can't get down with that idea, you know? Right. Well, honestly, I think a lot of it, um, if I've been completely honest, is. I guess got white man me, you know, you get defensive because you start going through all your memories, right? And you're like, yeah, well, wait, wait, wait. How can someone interpret what I've, you know, so like for Aziz Ansari's story is also very similar to Louis C.K.'s. I never asked a woman if I could just jack off in front of her. I mean, I would just I'm not I don't have the balls to do it. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And but Aziz Ansari's kind of story of our he like got semi canceled and then he wasn't even in the newest season of his TV show on Netflix, which really fucking bummed me out. Uh, I kind of was on his side whenever he told his side of the story. But my wife would say that's because I'm a wasn't man. his. <laughs> wasn't his more or less just he was kind of awkward and a date didn't go that well i don't remember the details of his but yeah yeah it was from more what or less i do like, recall nothing really bad happened well it was like uh they went on a date and to his from his side to what i remember it was like yeah it was a date they did have sex it was kind of awkward and uh you know they didn't see each other again her side is she felt pressure to have sex on the date and then that, so that just goes to me of like, there's been times in my life where I'm like, I kind of hope we have sex and it hadn't turned out. And then it wasn't like a great experience, right? Like, and after the yeah. fact, it was I'm an asshole because I pushed for it. And then it's every guy an asshole because we have this biological thing where you're like, when you're, I mean, I know I hate to say this because it sounds horrible because I, but like, I, when you're like that close, right? You're like, oh, yeah, I'll do your dishes for yeah. a week. You know, you'll start like just promising shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, and just in general, guys tend to be the ones to make the first move. So it's hard. There's this weird gray area between what is confidence because women for the most part will agree. They want a man who is confident and no girl wants a guy who's super timid and just going to be like, Oh, well, Hey, uh, do, I mean, do you care if I, um, I, I don't know, could I maybe like unbutton your shirt? Like that's not a turn on girls tend to like someone who is maybe aggressive, not the correct word, but like, not afraid to make a first move. You know what I mean? Right. So there's this gray area. Your interpretation of the events happening might be wrong. Like in your mind, you might be like, Oh, she's into this. Maybe I should make a move. But in her mind, maybe that's not the case. So there's this weird area where like, all right, am I being a creep? Am I being too aggressive or am I being confident and doing the correct thing from my judgment? Right. And I'm I'm probably like uh, the prototype, like as for consent guy, like before it was a thing, because I am fucking weird like that. Like, I'm probably the guy that's like didn't make enough moves. And if there's females from my past, I'll be like, yeah, you totally could have sex with me, but you didn't make a move. I totally have those yeah. memories right in my head. I'm like, oh, my God, that girl stayed the night in my bed and took her shirt off in front of me. What the fuck? Yeah, was that you know, yeah. like, I, yeah, like, yeah. I'm a fucking Especially idiot. early high school when I was afraid there's a lot of those. Right. looking back as an adult it's like oh yeah that was clearly an opening but but like even not too much like even in my marriage now i'll tell my wife like if you if you're like a little bit not into it like if this seems like a chore i'm out like part of like the whole thing oh, for yeah. me because i'm i guess because i'm fat and like no one liked me growing up like a big part of my psyche is like i need you to at least pretend you're into it like you know like i couldn't yeah so when you hear stories of like guys are just like i don't even care i just have to get some i'm like yeah oh, that's just not how it processes through my brain yeah it's weird it's weird, but I was in fraternity, so I've seen plenty of guys uh, do some uh, shady shit or questionable oh, things yeah. or things where I'm like, "Ooh, maybe I should have said something." But you know, when you're just one in this giant crowd of people, uh, you're kind of a pussy sometimes, and I don't know. And you're also I remember like, this distinct moment. Sorry, you continue. I was like, and then there's also moments where like 
I, you know, I have friends that are girls and they're like, no, I came to this party to get drunk and find someone to get late. You know, like that, it, that was their goal. It wasn't yeah. like, no, not every girl is this little like damsel in distress that. But yeah. I remember this distinct moment at a party. It was kind of in my college years. And there was this girl over that really wanted to hook up with my roommate, but she was like wasted beyond belief. He had just got home from work. He was sober. They'd never had any sort of interaction before of like a sexual nature. Like they had met and stuff. But she was just all about it. And he, like I said, completely sober. So in his mind, the right thing to do was to take like four shots in a row and try to get drunk too so that (laughs) he wasn't hooking up with the drunk chick. He was also drunk himself. And (laughs) that was this weird ethical debate amongst all of us the next day. We're like, damn, like, was that even the right thing? Because like she was the one initiating. Right. So like you technically were drunk also, but you got drunk on purpose so that you could say yes. Yeah. It's one of those weird situations, like gray area. Cause who knows, like the next morning, if she would have woke up and like, Oh, why'd I do that? I changed my mind. He would technically be in the wrong. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know. It is all gray because for every little anecdotal story we have, you know, there's a hundreds of like the exact opposite, right? You know, and you're like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Where there is a legitimate predator. We're like, yeah, you were clearly in the wrong. What were you thinking? Right. And I mean, and I, again, hate it. I knew growing up, you know, you didn't really know at the time, but in hindsight, you can guess or you've heard stories or assume, you know, of you're like, no, so and so would never be like that. And you hear a story and you're like, oh, turns out so and so is like that. You know, like, I just, yeah, they're exactly like that. like that. Yeah. And um, so that does always suck. Um, all right. The get off the, the weird thing. Oh, randomly, because the sexual assault reminded me, you should watch if you have HBO Max and you should because it's the best. They have this Woodstock 99 documentary out and it's so fucking interesting. And then, they talk about how a lot, there was a lot of sexual assaults at Woodstock 99, but in general, oh, I can only imagine it was a shit show of a festival. And wasn't uh, that like Limp Biscuit, Corn, yeah. a bunch of those style bands? Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can only imagine the weird shit that went down. It was like during that all the people that are now Trumpers, you know, like whenever they were <laughs> yeah, yeah, younger, yeah. <laughs> just like getting fucking raged up. Uh, it was crazy. Um. But anyway, one other thing I want to talk about with you, and then we can talk about whatever else. I don't really give a fuck. Um, is this transracial future? Now, I've been obsessed with this thought for months now, and uh, I brought up in, in a Discord here, or there, Twitter chat. I just can't get over um, the what's. I think the transracial issue is just is going to be the next big thing. I don't know why. That's just my prediction, you know. And uh, if people watched Atlanta, there was a season one episode that kind of touched on it, and it's pretty brilliant now in hindsight. But there was also this, uh, I can't remember the woman's name, but she was like in Portland or in Seattle somewhere and she was white, but everyone thought she was black and she was on the NAACP. And then this is where the whole fucking transracial thing came from. Is that Rachel Dolezal? Yeah, that was it. And uh, I just, at the time, like now I agreed with everyone when I was like, well, yeah, she's white. You know, you look at her fucking picture growing up, she's blonde hair, blue eyes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, she's a black yeah. person, you know, whatever. And <clears throat> And I'm not arguing that I'm not arguing. She's not white or anyone else. What I'm arguing is in this world of transgendered people in which we all, not all, but in general, right. Then the narrative is that uh, if someone was born a gender, they don't identify with now they can say that and they can let you know the gender they identify with. It does not matter what actual body parts, you know? And again, I don't care. I think it's fine. Um, but every excuse, every argument that they use of like, why does this matter? Why does this matter? I just think it's going to be used for transracial issues. Someone's going to be like, oh, just because I was born without melatonin in my skin, you're or not melatonin. Just all we're working on, you know, like they're going <laughs> to melanin, melanin, melanin. There we go. And One syllable, yeah, very close. And uh, you know, I just think that's going to become a whole thing, right? And they're like, oh, you're going to tell me just because I was born this way and I had to grow. Well, you know what? All growing up when I was white, I felt like I was Mexican, and you know, like they're going to have their whole thing. And I just. Right now, liberals are like on the side of like, we don't, you know, liberals are no against trans racial people, but eventually that's not going to be the case. Yeah, that's for sure. The next thing knocking on the door of things to argue about online. Right. It, it will be made. And honestly, all the arguments, all the arguments for like, if I were to say today, like, oh, I'm a black man, every argument I could make saying I was a black man is completely symmetrical with the arguments being made for why I could consider myself a female. Exactly. And that that's how I view it as well. So that's why, like, I feel like if I have to say that I'm for uh transgender stuff, I would also say, well, that I'm for transracial because I do believe you have the freedom and the right as an American to identify 
with whatever you want. I do kind of just instinctively believe that. Like, I don't give a fuck what you do. If you're not hurting anyone, I don't care. Um, but I do yeah. think it's like when they're trying to like pass legislation that it's like, and now on all contracts, you must have these eight pronouns or something like that. Like, I think that would be going too far, you know, but I do think if someone in their yeah, individual, that's the part that gets weird is when legislation comes in place and you force people to comply with issues that are kind of hard to process to a lot of people. Right. And again, I just, none of that's process, but like the he and she term now doesn't mean anything. I mean, it does, but like if you're reading a contract and it said he or she, you could just take that out now and put the human being. And I guess maybe that's what they yeah. should do, you know, but like, it's just language and like words have definitions. So like, I kind of get confused by the word they being used as like a singular thing. Cause I thought they was like a, Oh yeah. You know, doesn't like, make any sense. Like to me, they implies if you go by they, that you have multiple personalities. And if that's the case, yeah. then that makes total sense to me. You're like, Oh yeah, I'm actually two fucking people. I'm this person and this person. And like, you know, feel like I'm two different people. Exactly. And then we like, uh, you know, you, you were ahead of the game on this and were they, that would make sense. But like when they're like, no, I'm <laughs> yeah. they, then I'm, a, I just, and again, it's not important. It's just confusing, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Well, like I said, a lot of times I feel like we get caught up on that. Like in the eyes of the LGBTQ community, I feel like whenever legislation does pass, that officially declares like, all right, they is a thing that you have to refer to people as. It seems like a victory, but it's just like, it's one of those imaginary victories. I don't think you're actually gaining any ground. You're just annoying the people who don't agree with you. And no real progress is being made if someone has to now refer to you as a they versus a whatever it was before. Right. I feel like a lot of these issues, when legislation does get involved, it's not, it gives the illusion of progress, but really no progress is being made because the people who disagree with you are still not going to follow whatever demands you're making. Right. I mean, I think some progress is made somewhat through legislation, but it's done in a different, it's done through like, children seeing it like mine in your generation um i would say we were raised on like the thought on racism was like we should all be like martin luther king right like i think that was more or less like the thought yeah like, uh you know you don't judge anyone for the color of their skin um you know we have a dream everyone could be equal and, and you just don't you don't assume someone can't do some shit because they're a race or that they're gonna do some shit because race. that's how i always interpret as a kid right and i just didn't th- i didn't yeah i just when i meet someone i don't I don't let that have a factor in what I think their character is going to be right until they show me or whatever. And like, I think that's the way to live. But nowadays, if yeah, you said that, reasonable. I just think that that's viewed as, Oh, so you're not going to take in consideration how they were raised with their, you know, like there's all this extra shit now when I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's better. And we won't know. We won't know because my, our generation that lived that way was what, like a 10 year gap. And then, so it's like, yeah. And we really only got there because our parents, you know, we came through a, a time period where, you know, my mom was actually from California. I didn't even know the N word existed until like way later than all my classmates when I heard them start saying it. And, uh, you know, like she, she grew up where she grew up and things were different, you know? And then when we grew up, we we're like, yeah, we're not supposed to care about that stuff. And then now it's, but now it's kind of pendulum swung the other way where it's like, no, you have to care again. Like, I'm sure that's what you'll have. To, someone's going to tell your kid that someday, you know, like, no, no, you have yeah. to treat them special because, of their race, you know, and that will treat them different, but on the yeah, other which side is in itself racist. Yeah. Right. It's weird. I think you might remember a couple months ago, I got hung up on Twitter with this weird thing. Like I tried to make a post essentially saying like, Hey, I grew up in a really poor household. Like my mom went to jail at one point, just named off all these things. Like I was in poverty. I was not the average white person that you see with the white picket fence and nice house. And you know what I mean? Right. And try to basically point to the parallel. Like, this is why I appreciate hip hop music because that was the music form that I related to, because these are the things they tended to talk about in hip hop was like, dad, not in the picture necessarily single mom on drugs, poor household, electricity going off and on. So I made a post saying like, Hey, I relate to hip hop. This is why I practice hip hop. And people crucified me online. Like, Oh, so every black man is poor without a father. Like what? Right. And uh, had a little technical issue there. So I don't know if we got the end of that. But yes, I remember your uh, your Twitter thing of you posting that. And I remember thinking I understood the other side because it was such an easy thing to be like, oh, you think all black people are poor? And, you know, that was like the, the thing they yeah. latched on to. Um, but I agree with you that to me and maybe we're just wrong. But to me growing up, 
I because I didn't try to see it as black music. I understand it is. I get that argument or whatever. But to me, right, it was a it was poor people's music. You know, like I did view it. Oh that yeah, way. yeah. I mean, and if I don't just because you had that attachment to it, I don't think makes it may, means you're wrong. I mean, that's your experience. Yeah, it was just weird that like me attempting to make a point, like, hey, like I'm on your side. I kind of I relate. I understand. Like trying to make some sort of statement that would. And from my perspective, like bring me together with people, there's like, oh, well, you think we're all poor. Like, what the fuck? How did you interpret that? Right. And from what I just said, like I was trying to relate to people and it caused a divide somehow. Right. And honestly, maybe it is, uh, you know, maybe not racist throughout there, because I think there is some like negative connotations, of course, to the word racist. Maybe it is. So like some stereotyping involved, you know, like to me, because I grew up kind of poor, you know, my my dad got a good job when I was like 11 or so. And after that, we went, became middle class and my parents are doing great now, you know. But growing up, I did li- yeah. live in low income housing and all that shit. And so it was hard for me, um, like when I came to college, to hang out with someone who grew up with money. Because they would like, yeah. their complaints would be about shit that I would want to slap somebody. I'd be like, oh my fucking God. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or like, I remember a friend being in my house and they asked they have a bowl of cereal and they dumped all the milk out afterwards. And I would have thought I was an 80 year old man. I just fucking lost it. I was like, what the fuck? You dumping out milk in my house? Like, you yeah, know, dude, I'm with like that with my kids now. So like, uh, you know, I do, I, I, in general, if I do meet a black person, I assume I'm going to get along with them because and, you know, again, this is probably some stereotyping involved, but most black people I've met through my life personally have been nice to me and we've gotten along, you know, so like I'm always like, oh, we'll be cool. We'll be yeah. cool. You know, like that's always my assumption. And then uh, I know we have some interest, just like if I mean to do with a fucking PlayStation T-shirt on. I'm like, oh, I bet I'm talking about fucking video games. Like maybe yeah. maybe the blacks can shouldn't mean they like hip hop and that we'll connect. But I don't know. So far, it's been pretty good. And I grew up with some country ass black dudes who do not. So I understand they exist. Um, but just like when I came yeah. to college, I just connected um, to most minorities, I would say, quicker than a lot of white people because of uh, a class. It's a class issue. It's not a race issue to me. One hundred percent. And I know it's hard for people on Twitter, you know, because everyone has an iPhone now. Right. Like I can't even imagine me being a little kid having fucking iPhone or some shit. You know, that'd be nuts. But it that's the world we're in. We're like everyone has these like wonder devices in their pockets and then they get online and talk about how bad we all have it. And I'm like, I guess, I guess it's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. I still remember having like the Nokia brick phone with the snake game. Yeah. No color, even just black and white screen. I remember my, I didn't have that one. I got one when I got in driver's ed and I got the next Nokia one. The first one had the colored screen and it had the parachute game. Yeah. But I definitely wanted the snake game. And then really quickly, like our other broke that one. Something happened and I got a Kira Sarah flip phone and I hated it. It just, oh, fuck. I hated that motherfucker so much. And then I finally got a razor <laughs> like a fucking badass. And that's how oh, you everyone. Do. That was the phone to have. Yeah. I think I got a razor, too. I didn't even get a real razor. I had to wait till the razor, too. And then I felt really cool. But by then and they kind of died out. And so people were like, whatever, man, we got iPhones now. I was like, oh, shit. I feel like I was a freshman before, like, the first person rolled up to school with an iPhone. Now I don't even know what phone service they were using. Like, in my small-ass town, I don't, I didn't even know that was a possibility. Because only, like, a few carriers even had the iPhones when they first dropped. Right. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, <laughs> because I had U.S. Cellular, still do. Um, you know, they're the best to have in Oklahoma, I would say, uh, for, like, these rural areas. And, yeah, you couldn't get an iPhone through them unless you went and bought one, like, through AT&T, canceled your and voided your contract jailbroke it like you had to do all this crazy shit to yeah get an so many steps on uh one of these small carriers yeah it was crazy yeah fucking smartphones man smartphones changed the world i don't think people quite understand even me like i mean i remember when like we we're mentioning all these phones the idea that i would pull one of those out and look up something for a video game like right now if i went and played a video game and i was like how do i get past this boss oh, i can't figure it out i could just pull out my phone and very quickly whack within like five words typed into google i will have like that instant result but like back in the day, it would be like pulling up the Internet app on your phone and it would take like five minutes to yeah. connect. And then it was all just well, even before that. Before that, I remember like I didn't have Internet in my house growing up. Like I didn't get Internet in my home until I moved out, got my first apartment at 18. But uh, if I wanted like cheat codes for a video game or something like when San Andreas came out, I'd want the cheat codes or whatever. I'd have to walk to the local library, like 15 minute walk, log on their public Internet print some shit, bring it home, like such a process versus now where I can pull it out and even use voice command. 
I wouldn't even have to pull that out of my pocket. Like you straight up ask Google, like what's the cheat code for infinite ammo? And right, yeah. I'd probably read it off to you. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's crazy. And that's not a big deal again, but it is just crazy thing about like, um, I've, I've found myself being very prideful actually lately. Um, cause I was born in 88. Were you born like 90, 91, something like that? 89. 89. All right. Same as my wife. And I, I just am real prideful that we were, the, we are going to be the last, uh, analog kids, you know, like, I got my first computer in when I was in sixth grade, I believe. And, you know, I had dial up internet and I got into Napster. I mean, it's the only reason I fucking love music the way I do is because of Napster and, uh, and LimeWire yeah. and all that shit. Um, you know, but I love it. But I also enjoy the fact that I do very vividly remember my life without a computer. You know, like that's not hard yeah. at all for me to remember. I know even like when laptops first started being a thing, that was wild. Yeah. I the still, fact that you had some computer you could just fold up and carry around with you, like, wait, what? I've got this big ass, like, fifty pound, multiple piece set, like, yeah. And I remember the argument over if it was a laptop or a laptop. And I remember like that went on for years, like people couldn't decide which one it was. Yeah, when I first met my wife, it used to drive me nuts because she would ask me to hand her her laptop. I'm like, <laughs> what? No, like you're not a scientist. This is a laptop. Like it sits on your lap. Hence the name. Say it's not a laptop. Like, have you ever seen the word like written out? But it's just one of those words you like say, and a lot of times you're not reading it. I'm like, this is weird. I didn't even know that was a thing until I met her. Yeah, I, I remember in high school, um, people arguing over it. I never was going to get one. You know, like my computer at home. I remember my mom bought a compact desktop for you know whatever. My mom just kind of cheap or whatever, so she just bought whatever the cheapest computer was, and we got our dial up internet and. Uh, you know, we didn't have, we only had one phone line. So if I was on the internet, the, it was the phone rang busy. And so she would get fucking pissed all the time when I was on the internet. And I was like, then why do we have oh, yeah, it? Yeah. Like we have it so I can get on the internet. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got heated arguments. Like, I know in hindsight, uh, and I tell us a snappy all the time when he tells me about his kids and he's like, they don't respect and do and this and that. And I'm like, of course they don't, man. And I guess, cause I don't have kids. I'm not in parent mode yet. I can very be like, I Guys, so pissed at my parents and was so disrespectful about the stupidest fucking shit that, of course, I'm embarrassed uh-huh. by it now. But, like, at the time, I was invested because I thought I was right. You know, like, and I do think <laughs> some yeah. people, when they have kids, and especially when they have, like, teenage kids, they're, like, so far away from that that they they forget. But I'm like, oh, my God, I would just lie to my mom's face for no reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it wasn't yeah. nothing against her. You know, I was like, I'm trying to go smoke some weed, so I'm going to say whatever the fuck I have to to get out of the house or whatever. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think people just like yeah, it's so easy as a perfect. parent to like take offense to it. Like, oh, well, this is a this is a low blow to me when really it has nothing to do with you. Like they just have their own agenda going on. Right. 100 percent. Like, I mean, something that's super embarrassing. And I had this memory flashback the other day because this girl is like a professional now. Right. But MSN Messenger was a huge thing. And I remember this girl be on MSN Messenger and I'd be like, you know, you should suck my dick. And she's like, oh, I'm going to suck your dick. And my mom found that because it kept all the fucking messages oh, or whatever. God. And her reading this and I'm like 15. This girl's like 13 or something. And she's like, are you fucking serious? You know, all fucking mad at me and shit. And then now, like. If anyone knew that, because I mean, I don't think I'm too much of a creepy dude these days. And this woman, like I said, is a, like a professional person in my hometown. I'm like, no one would believe this, you know, like, or it's so like, yeah, it's yeah. so embarrassing, you know, <laughs> but like someone wants to hold some shit against someone they say on the internet when they're a teenager forever. And I'm like, no, no, y'all, I said the most vile shit to some people. I remember being at friends' houses. Oh, yeah. When, yeah, when you're in high school, like ninth through 11th grade, like you're not even a real person almost. Yeah. I would also say we're the American pie generation, which is like dangerous, yeah, but like, that's just sure. how this is what I was raised on. Like I got snuck in to see American pie by like my friend's sister, you know, the claim that she was all our moms. I feel like that movie could never get made today. The fact that they posted up that webcam in the room to watch some chick change and yeah. then broadcast it for the world. Like that would get canceled before it hit theaters. Yeah. And that's a perfect scene to explain of like, because of when we were raised, it's even, it is hard for me to view that as being anything other than like, but yeah, she was hot and she was getting naked. But like, yeah. I now, I, funny prank. right. Yeah. But I yeah. get it. I 100% get it and agree that it is totally sexual assault in some way, right? Like, she's without her yeah, knowledge, yeah. she's getting filmed, you know, like that's horrible, horrible stuff. But like, because I was like 13 watching that fucking movie, I'm like, oh my God, yeah. you know, such a huge erection for her in that movie, you know, Nadia, yes. 
Well, and then there was worse movies than that. Like the American Pie of the generation before that was uh, what fucking Porky's. Mary, Porky's. Yep, yep. And I yeah. love Porky's. I that remember, one was even more inappropriate. Yeah, the same friend whose sister took us in the movies. We'd go to. We had all the Porky's. And we would just all go over there and watch them all. And like his parents didn't care. I mean, they're like eight, nine years old, like way too young. And I saw a lot. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I saw like porno mags at like six to where like I didn't really know what everything was. But I was like, this is great. You know, like so maybe it was all dangerous. Maybe now it's better because you can have like your locks and all the Internet shit. But then again, I'm like, kids are going to see some horrific shit on the Internet that I would at all had um, access to. Yeah. So. Pros and cons. <laughs> all right, man. We're having all kinds of technical issues these days around podcast and That's all good. Uh, what happened was I had the storm and it took out my audio interface. Well, it took out one of the four slots and now like it can only last like 15 to 20 minutes and then it restarts itself or some shit, some horse shit. So anyway, hopefully oh, the it, whole audio interface just turns off. Well, it doesn't actually turn off, but like uh, the recording stops. So it's like it turns itself off like the. Ah. Uh input or some shit so i just have to restart the recording um so anyway hopefully we got enough you know for a podcast and losing thing too good but i know you're working on music so i did want to touch on that before you got out of here um so what where are you at on all your shit so i got like four songs finished from that little ep i'm working on with your beat pack i know i've got at least two more beats floating around that i haven't touched and then one beat floating around that i've got like three quarters of a song just trying to figure out some way to structure it if i even want to do a hook or how i want to move forward with that and i think i've even got a couple songs floating around still that i started months ago and never picked back up well hell yeah i mean i know you've been sending me stuff i think everything you send me is cool i like uh it sounds a little different you know because they're not your beats i mean i think that's probably the biggest reasoning yeah uh but I think it's allowed you to kind of do different flows and stuff like that. And then all the beats really were just like fake ass guitar beats, you know, cause I don't really play the guitar, but I was like, well, I'll do like a yeah. fake version of them and see, <laughs> see how it goes. I like, this is one of the first times I've actually sat down with other people's beats since like I first started rapping and was downloading stuff on YouTube, attempting to write to it. Right. It's like once I discovered production, I'm like, Oh, why would I ever need to download anything off YouTube again? I can just make this shit, which I enjoy the freedom of, but it's also, so much more time consuming when you're hands on with the whole thing from the very beginning. Like every single sound you hear is coming from your mind somehow. Right. It's exhausting. Like by the time you get the beat done, you might not even be creative enough to write anything to it because there's such a process going into it. Well, so it's nice to have beats on deck that I can just sit down with. Like, all right, writing is the only thing I'm going to focus on. I might do some slight arranging at the end and move some things around. No drums here, drums here, et cetera, but. Right. And I think, because I mean, I basically only done my own beats for however long, but the few times I'll do like collabs with people or something, I enjoy doing other beats because uh, it's stuff I would never do. You know, like, I mean, another producer is going to do something that I just wouldn't think of or whatever. And so, um, you know, even though I can always find like that envelope or that flow for my own beats because I made it, you know, so I'm kind of there. But also you sometimes you get so attached, like you'll get on like really attached to some phrase that you just kept hearing when you were doing it. And then you're like, it's not going to work, you know. Um, Yeah, I I definitely enjoy being a rapper producer. You know, I think that's really cool. It's always a cool thing. Like, yeah, I made that beat, too. Um, But most people don't care. (laughs) So. Yeah, None that's what I learned. Because yeah, when I first started doing it, I had this weird pride thing. Like, oh, I made this whole thing. Like, I made the beat. I produced it. I mixed it. I recorded it. But for the most part, people are just listening. And like, if they think it's a good song, they'll listen. They don't give a flying fuck who made what. Like, at the end of the day, people just want to hear a good song. They're like, oh, you played guitar on that. Neat. Is it a good song though? Right. Yeah. I mean, so I- like, I found myself getting attached to that idea. Like just married to the fact that I built this from the ground up. And in reality, most of the listeners are not impressed. Right. Well, I get so hung up. I mean, I've let go of most things like loops. I don't care about, you know, all those things, but as a producer, I still get really hung up on 808s being out of tune or being in a different yeah. key than the rest of the song. And you can just kind of tell. And some people are like, that doesn't matter. It just matters if it's a good song. But for me, it's kick samples or drum samples. And I'm like, how did this, particular sound ever get cleared for release it'll drive me nuts but then i'll realize like oh this song has 10 million plays obviously don't people don't care nearly as much as i care about all these issues that i drive myself nuts about 
Right. And we have uh, one song, uh, at least on my next album, we're on the works, and then one on yours as well. So I did a verse for you, and then I'm waiting for you to do a verse for me. And I'm I'm in the yep. process of trying to figure out this hook we got going. Um, I sent you my latest take. You know, check that out when you get it. Yeah, I did get to listen to that earlier. <clears throat> oh, dope. And the first half I like, but it might be one thing where I just ended up cutting the second half of the hook and just having it be uh, empty. I don't know. You know, I haven't really decided yet, but I like the direction it's going. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to get done. I've I've obsessively just been making uh, burnt CDs, you know, to listen to different mixes and shit. And I'm to the point where I've probably done too much. Like some of the songs, I'm like they sound so perfect. And then I'll do some changes to make the other ones sound a little closer to those. And I'm like, now these sound perfect. And like, I'll never be done. So I'm, I am getting close to what I got to just stop it. Start ignoring some yeah, songs. Pull the plug. Right. And being like, just focus on the ones I need to finish and and do that. So. Like I said, most of it's mental because, as I was saying before, I'll hear songs that were like major label releases, and I'll nitpick some of the stuff that I would have mixed differently or that just inherently just sounds bad. So I try to hit the brakes on myself if I'm worried too much. Like, oh, well, that snare still sounds a little too loud in that one song because most people are not going to hear it. Right. It's very true. And I've been debating putting a single out. I was going to put a single... Um, out, a song I actually sent you a long time ago uh, called Running Away and I was going to kind of do that as a single and then maybe another one and then the album but I fucking hate singles so I might just say fucking do the whole album when Me it's done too. I don't know it's I'm still debating I'm I know I'm not doing two singles I might do one yeah uh, but we'll see it's always tough for me I don't I don't like how exhausting it feels like trying to market a single with yeah. just one song and historically for me every time i drop a single i find myself losing interested losing interest in even trying to get people to listen to it after like a week yeah like i just dropped a single a few weeks ago and i've already just like oh well, fuck i'm awaiting my next release right and like i still have a music video i have to drop to that which i'm probably going to do in the next week when i get a chance to sit down and finish everything up so that will give it an additional push hopefully but for the most part, just marketing a full project. I can focus on individual songs from the project if I need be, or just push the entire project. There's something just more fulfilling to me whenever I've got seven songs that drop at the same time versus just one that I'm giving my all to. Right. Well, it's for me, it's my listening habits. You know, like, let's say if you drop seven songs, I'm way more likely to listen to that and then maybe listen to it again. Yeah. You know? But if you just listen, drop one song, you know, yeah, I might I check it, it out. Repeat. Yeah, I mean, what well, I mean, listen that one thing over and over again. So it's just, I don't know. I get it's the way the world is. They all say you got to do singles. Uh, it doesn't work with whatever fucking fan base I have. You know, like they don't really care when I drop singles. I get way less like yeah plays on that one than if I would have just dropped seven. I would get more on like, of course, I get more on seven. But like even individually, like if I would have dropped that single with the collection, it would have done better with the collection. It seems the way um, my show works. But I know it's like. All hit or miss, you know, you like you could go either way. Well, that's the same here. My listening habits tend to be I want to dive into a catalog. If I find one song I like, I'm going to look up that artist and throw them on shuffle or look up whatever album that song came from. So I almost feel like the single thing, like everyone on the Internet stressing like, oh, singles are the way to go. It's the most important. It's like, yeah, but most people I know listen to albums. So where's this data coming from, I guess? Right. Well, honestly, because of our age group, if uh, we could count like me burning CDs for people and giving them to them as plays, it'd be great. But like with our age group, not everyone's yeah, on yeah. Spotify. Like my friends, most of them aren't on streaming services. You know, they're like, man, burn me a CD. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. All right. You know, like, and that's it's fine. very rare. I know a few people who will have like Amazon music, but it's only because I have a prime account. So it's like, oh, yeah, I think I can listen to it on Amazon or I like get firing off YouTube links. I have a Prime account. I just downloaded Amazon Music for Artists, and I was thinking, like, I should try to switch to Amazon because I use them for everything else. You know, maybe it is the future. Yeah. Who knows? But, all right, man, we're going to see what we have left here uh, to, you know, scrap together an episode. I might have to end up stopping my fucking podcast until I buy a new audio interface, which I have the money um, from my beat sales and, and rap music streaming money I've saved. But I was really wanting to get a fucking microphone, and I'm going to get pissed off when I have to spend that money on a new fucking four interface yeah. and that's the other thing is it's i have to get a four input one for the podcast for, you know to have all the people so i can't it's different than you know i kind of like if i was getting an audio interface it was like a little small one just for rapping that'd be different but to get like a big fucking bulky one it's 
just pain in the ass. Yeah. But, like I said, I don't know how uh, Craigslist and all that stuff works where you're at, if there's enough people on it, but that's where I found the most deals. Like every piece of a music equipment I have has been either Craigslist or Facebook marketplace. And I've practically stolen them from the people that gave them to me. Yeah. I need to, need to keep my eyes open. I, I definitely do not click Facebook marketplace often because like, it'll give me an ad and it's like, you want this thing and I click it and then it doesn't take me to that product. It takes me to like a whole page yeah, of other fucking products. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh God damn it. I thought I was clicking that thing in there that I wanted, you know? So yeah. Anyway, fucking social media, man. Gonna Gotta love be it. the death of all of us. But all right, peace, bro. Later.